Good afternoon, everyone. This is Nina Shulman Dijani at Marine Valley Community College, and I am the Assistant Dean in Learning Enrichment and College Readiness, as well as the advisor to the Arab Student Union. And I'm really excited today to start a conversation with some of the students here at Marine Valley about what it's like to be Muslim in America. I want them to tell us a little bit about their heritage and just anything that they would like to share with the audience about who they are and what they would like the public to know about being Muslim in America. I have members of the Arab Student Union as well as the Muslim Student Association, real awesome students that decided to volunteer today, and they're going to start off by introducing themselves. Uh, if you guys can just tell me your name, tell the audience your name, and where you're from, maybe what your major is, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with Omar. Assalamualaikum, peace upon you. Uh, my name is Omar. Uh, I'm currently uh, I'm currently a student at Marine Valley Community College. Uh, my intended major is Management Information Systems. I plan to transfer to DePaul University hopefully this fall. You know, I'm just coasting through life. Uh, I love school. I love Marine. Everything about Marine is awesome. Hello, everyone. Assalamualaikum, Um Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. My name is Rama Diab. This is my second year at Marine Valley. I am originally Palestinian. I lived overseas for nine years, and I came to the States five years ago. I'm majoring in elementary education, and I'll be graduating in May and transferring next fall. I'm a member of Arab Student Union and Muslim, Asso Muslim Student Association at Marine Valley. I'm also a student worker here on campus. Um, I've had amazing experience, and I'm really happy that I'm being a part of this amazing podcast. This is my, this is my last semester, so I'm truly um, enjoying everything that I'm doing this semester, and I definitely recommend everyone to do, to do you know, stuff like these that are very helpful, and you will definitely listen back to it in the future, and I guess, like, just remember the memories that you had at such an amazing school. Hi, my name is Hanin. I am currently studying pre-pharmacy here at Marine. I'm, my parents are originally from Palestine, and I'm involved in the Arab Student Union and the um, Muslim Student Association. Hello, my name is Hussein Salem. Um, uh, this is my first year in Marine, and I plan on transferring to UIC. My major is pre-dental. I hope to become a dentist in the future. My pa I'm, I was born and raised here in Illinois, but my parents are originally from Yemen, and I'm excited for this podcast. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Omar Amir. So I'm, I'm originally from Egypt, like I came from Egypt uh, nine months ago. So I'm a freshie here and uh, yeah, I'm like majoring in like uh, electrical engineering and I'm planning to transfer to U of I, inshallah, next, next spring, inshallah. I just wanted to say like, uh, like in my whole life, I didn't imagine actually like me coming here to the US. I don't know, like sometimes like you don't know what life actually like throws at you, but you gotta take it, you know, <laughs> see what, see what it, Get, gets you through. Um, hey, what's up? I'm Dunya Isin. Uh, it's my first year at Marine. Uh, my major is psychology and my minor is art. I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. I want to go to Columbia, but that's never going to happen. But like, I really <laughs> want to go to Columbia. <laughs> that's the school that I want to transfer to, but inshallah. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. So we know a little bit about our participants today. We have a diverse group. Some of our students hail from Palestine, others from Egypt, and some from Yemen. So I'm really excited that we have students from different backgrounds. But one thing that unites them is that they all identify as Muslim, and they're going to tell us a little bit about how their faith influences their daily routine. So that may vary for each person here. Everyone may practice in a different way. 
um, have different family routines and traditions in their households. So why don't you tell us, Omar, a little bit about, if you want to start off, how does faith influence your daily life? As for me, as you know, an American Muslim here in Chicago, how it really affects me is that you know my day revolves around my prayer essentially. So um, Muslims are obligated to pray five times a day, as we know. You know they have you know Fajr the dawn prayer, Duhr the midday prayer, Asr the afternoon prayer, Maghrib the sun uh, down prayer, and Isha the night prayer. And so with these prayers, essentially it helps me uh, dictate where I allocate my time. So for example, when I go to the gym. Um, what time do I wake up? What time do I eat dinner? What time do I go to sleep? You know, so I feel like it balances already a healthy lifestyle for me as an individual. And it allows me to um, be organized. And essentially, whenever you are organized, there's always success that comes with it. Um, so just staying on time, being organized, time effective, time efficiency. So that's just one aspect how it plays in. So do you feel like your faith plays a role in helping you keep a routine because you kind of make time for your prayers and then schedule things around that yeah that's exactly it so um you know as as the prayer changes you know minute by minute each day my body also adjusts to that routine that schedule so it's always something new it's not robotic you know and um there's always room for different opportunities and activities so it really is a blessing anyone else want to jump in on that question yeah so um i grew up in a really religious um household both my parents were very religious and like promoted like having like a stronger connection with uh, Allah and uh, but what they they always give us leeway to do it on our own although they promoted like oh like try to get closer they kind of let us do it on our own like like th- there's a different versions to get closer to God whether it be prayer or just doing uh, activities that bring you closer to God and through that like I've really like researched Islam I really read the holy book the Quran and I've really discovered like the peacefulness and the beauty of Islam and it's brought me it's made me internally more peaceful as well as like help happier that's awesome anyone else so I'm just gonna um, kind of catch up on what they said um, everything they said is definitely true um, I also grew up in my parents are my parents are religious and what I like about my family is at home my dad likes us to play um, to pray um, a group prayer and what I like about that is just like it all motivate I live in a big household of six family members and what I like about that it just all motivates us to actually get up and pray where like if you're just by yourself you do get lazy sometimes you don't want to do it but like when my dad you know the head of the house um, gets up and you know invites us all to pray it just kind of motivates all of us which is something I like um, another thing I like in here in the United States we do have a mosque that is probably close from all of us that's in Bridgeview the mosque foundation and what I like about that is that they have um, the paper that says all the the prayer times and it is a struggle sometimes because you always have to get that paper because you have to follow that paper when exactly to pray so that kind of motivates us to go to the mosque every week to get that paper because really without that paper you really don't know when to pray Um, like what my family usually does there's an app for that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't we don't like we don't follow century. the app. I don't know. We like following we like following the paper, the written um stuff. Um so like what I like about that, it does like motivate us to get up and like pray and like follow the times and yeah. I wanted to uh, go back to what Hussein said. My family's also my family was also like that. Like my parents are really religious and they would also like they would raise us with the religion but it was never it never felt like it was like something that we had to kind like kind of fight off or like it was never like a force 
Um, and I would say that like the religion kind of d- developed my character in a sense because I, I mean I would like to give credit to all, like the just being Muslim in general because not only does Islam teach you to like keep your faith strong with Allah but it teaches you like how to be a decent human being in a sense even though like ethics and morals are like play, play a role yeah, in our religion yeah it plays very it's a big aspect of like Islam so um, I would say like a lot of my good manners and um, just a lot of my good intent and stuff it comes from Islam and that's just how like the religion plays in my life I, yeah, I also I agree I I see Islam, I, it is a religion, but I also see it like, as a, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that the Qur'an preaches and like ha- and the hadith and everything, they teach us, like, how to live a day by day, like, live day by day in, like, a peaceful manner in the Muslim way, I guess you could say. <laughs> Essentially, um, just to add on to what you guys are all saying is the aspect of purpose. You know, Islam brings that purpose mm-hmm. in our life. And so everything that we do, there's an intent behind it. And it's not like we're doing something just because. You know, every, cooking, cleaning, going to work, going to yeah. school, sitting down, sleeping, you know, all of it has an intent. And that's the beautiful part, I feel like, with our faith. So, like, um, I wanted to touch upon, like, the prayer. Because, like, some, some, like, people, like, just see us pray. And, like, we're just, like, moving our hands and, like, <laughs> like falling on our faces and stuff. <laughs> but, like, I feel like it, they don't, like, see the deeper meaning behind it. Because, like, for me, like, sometimes, like, prayers, like, sometimes, like, getting what is on your chest to, to God, speaking to Allah and stuff like speaking whatever you want and like whatever you like feel to Allah and like it it makes you feel good to actually like speak to somebody and you know you're gonna get answered because like it's it's Allah so yeah I also like that like Rama's family like praying like a family group because like my family also does it I thought like I was uh, I was the only one yeah that's cool yeah yeah so Ahmad brought up a point. He said sometimes people see us pray and they don't understand it, right? So that kind of brings us into one of the next topics I want to discuss, which was misconceptions. And you know, we have a short amount of time to discuss this today, and I'm sure we could probably talk all day about some of the mm-hmm. misconceptions in the media or typical stereotypes about Muslims. But you know, as young people living in America, and some of you had the experience of living overseas and then moving here, and some of you have, were born and raised here, you know, what do you think are some of the mi- biggest misconceptions about Muslims in America or just misconceptions maybe even some of your classmates or professors might have? And what do you feel you would like to share with people about those misconceptions? Oh, I one of the biggest misconceptions I think that people oftentimes confuse is between like mo- being Muslim and being an Arab. Um, people, Arab, being Arab, you, if you're an Arab, doesn't mean that you're automatically Muslim. There are Christian Arabs, there are Jew, Jewish Arabs, there are even like Hindu Arabs. I think you have to be very open-minded and realize that Islam is the religion and Arab is more geared to the culture. I also wanted to like uh, go on about Hussein's point, because like most people like don't probably know this, but like the Orthodox Pope is an Arab. Is an Arab. Um, I kind of wanted to touch um, based upon like how social media views us. Um, so we're always, you know, labeled as terrorists. And I feel like this started happening ever since September 11. And people just accuse, accuse any Middle Eastern person, any Arab person, any like any, you know, any female who wears a hijab or any guy who has a beard as their terrorist. And I just want to like, uh, like say that we are not terrorists. The word Islam means peace in English. And um, I definitely, you know, don't like it when, you know, 
I see on social media that they call it a terrorist attack. You know, anyone who's just named under um, an Arabic name or just, you know, a person, I guess, a guy who looks Middle Eastern, um, you know, they just accuse us of being terrorists and that is not true. Um, our religion is all based on peace and it does not um, have anything that includes hate or negativity between people. Um, as you can see here, you know, we're all friendly and I definitely encourage everyone to just ask any Muslim person you see, ask them about their religion or ask them any concern you have. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind if someone approached me asked, asking me, why do you wear this hijab on your head? What does it reflect? Or like, why do you do this in your daily life? So I would definitely just um, say that it's, you know, knowledge is something that's very powerful. And that is the thing that determines whether a person is going to judge you based on something or not. So I definitely just feel like if you have any concern, you should just either ask the person who's in front of you or just maybe, you know, research it and you know, you're not going to lose anything. To carry on that, um, there is no dress in Islam. So you can't label like, how does a terrorist look? That doesn't exist. You know, a terrorist, a terrorist is not how they look, is how they act upon it um, and what they do. And so that's one thing too. And another thing to go back to like the uh, culture versus religion, uh, same thing. A lot of people, when they think of Muslims, you know, in a positive way, they think of, you know, a guy wearing like a white long robe and a red little, you know, something on his head and then like a big beard, <laughs> you know, that it, it that's like more so like the beard part sure you know i'll give you that as a religious context but like as far as like the dress that's actually cultural you know the, the, there is the prophet peace be upon him never said this is how you dress and you become islam like no <laughs> you know so like every culture is different like the pakistani culture they have it at their waist and then they, it cuts down and then you know you observe the chinese culture the japanese culture you know, culture varies but religion structure stays the same i'd also like to bring a point the majority of Muslims are actually non-Arab. It's all. I, I think the statistic is 15% of Muslims are Arab. So the majority are actually non-Arab. So there's Chinese Muslims, there's Indonesian Muslims, which Indonesia is the most populated uh, Muslim country. There's many countries that are non-Arab and are Muslim, majority Muslim at least. And one good point about that as well is that in the United States, the majority of Muslims are actually African American. And the majority of Arabs in the United States are Christian. And a lot of people don't realize that, especially in the southwest side of Chicago, because there's such a large Muslim community. Mm -hmm. But that's also a really good point to tack on to that. One of you guys said earlier that, you know, your faith encourages different types of activities mm -hmm. or activities that you can do that make you feel like you connect with your faith. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of those activities that you may do that you feel are encouraged by the religion of Islam or by your practices and your faith um, and what you know types of activities do you feel like embody being a good Muslim or quote-unquote good Muslim whatever that means right I think just being involved like with your community overall and you have to be like for example like environmentally conscious you have to like or even just joining like MSA or like putting yourself in a setting where you're like around Muslims and going to the masjid or just attending a dars every once in a while or like a lesson it makes me aware of being like a mindful Muslim. So that's just what I think of when I think of like how to be a mindful Muslim. Something that, an activity that I partake in and that makes me a mindful Muslim is, well on, sun on Sundays, this is just personal, but Sundays we have like the good group. So we all like, gather at my sister's house and we like do Atqar together, which is basically like the rem the kid means like remembrance of Allah, so we like they're kind of just like like Alhamdulillah, which means like th like giving thanks to God, and then like we do like 
astaghfirullah, which is like asking forgiveness from God and just partaking in like those personal kind of um, activities, it strengthens my spiritualness and it makes me like closer to God because like I remember who's the one that basically gave me the life that I'm living. Like I, it, I keeps me humble in a sense. So it, oh, it keeps me as a, it keeps me on track as a good Muslim, yeah. Some, something that's very important also I want to mention is uh, community service. I have actually a mini story I, I, I'd like to tell. In 2011, I actually, I was in Yemen and I stayed eight months there. And it was actually during uh, the Arab Spring, which if you guys don't know, it was like a rise of uh, riots and protests um, throughout the Arab world. And I was uh, 11 years eleven years old and uh, there was a local school near us and they had no teacher to teach uh, English. And I took it upon myself to actually teach the class, a first wow. and second grade class, English. I, I only did it for a couple months because after that, uh, war broke and the country kind of went downhill but uh i remember I, looking back at that experience like that really i think one of the main thing the best thing to do is to like teach someone something something whether it be like uh it doesn't it doesn't have to be islamic whether teaching them another language like i did or, or teaching them how to do a simple task those deeds go a long way because when they what and if they pass that on you get those deeds but just looking back at that ex experience, that really strengthened my faith with um, Allah, and as well as like really motivated me to like be more active in my community. Something really cool, you know, to add on this uh, aspect over here. So like, uh, I'm part of like the Only Park Prayer Sensors uh, uh, youth uh, team, and one of the division is the philanthropy division. So we have a whole team dedicated for serving like people outside of the mission. And so a lot of the activities that we've done, we've been to nursing homes, we've been to uh, parks, we've cleaned up parks, we've uh, been to like huge, huge like uh, winter fest in our local Christian church, and we've helped them set up everything, clean up everything, run the programs. We've been to the food depository downtown in Chicago. The whole, you know, the prophet, peace be upon him, you know, taught us the best of you are those who are the best to the people. And so we should always be in service of others, like you were saying. Uh, that is one of the prophetic teachings and something that we Muslims always try to implement in our lives. That's uh, something my dad always taught me too. Uh, anytime we're on the road, if anyone stopped on the side, try to help them. If you see anyone in need, you never know how a smile or a sentence can go. You know, that can always go a long way. Um, I would also like to talk about just how even partaking in like your community and taking care of it, for instance, me and Hanin, like our friendship is basically based off of like community service. Like when we hang out, we go do stuff like Usually, like, we work on, like, environmental cleanups and, um, like, getting getting rid of, like, invasive species. So, like, not only does it keep us, like, good Muslims, it keeps us, like, good homies in a sense. Like, it makes <laughs> us, it makes us, it makes our bond stronger, and then it makes our, like, faith stronger as well, so. Also, like, when, when like, touching on what Dania said, when me and her go... When we go and do these like events, usually we're like the only Muslims in the group, and they t like people in in and like the groups that we go with tend to ask us questions since we're both visibly Muslim, since yeah. we both wear hijab, so they tend to ask us a lot of questions, and it gives us like it's it's like good outreach to like the non-Muslim community. Like we can like we can explain like what we believe in, and it helps kind of get rid of those misconceptions that people have of us, like yeah. as if like we're we're oppressed for wearing hijab or we uh, just overall the, the yeah just like the overall stereotypes yeah like 
I noticed a lot of people just think that we're like, like we can't do any. I don't know. They always have that misconception that Islam is like a suffocating religion in a sense. So mm-hmm. like being able to do like community service and going out there and talking to people about Islam and like answering questions that they didn't have or like that they have or things that they didn't know. Like I don't know. It always makes me feel good. Like when I have when I help somebody understand what Islam is rather than just going on and thinking like I would want I wouldn't want them going on and thinking like Islam is this horrible thing where it doesn't allow like women to do anything or it doesn't it's just everything's like haram or not permissible yeah even the small things like community service that could open up conversation um I just thought I just thought of a very last misconception um I feel like in my religion in our religion um there's a huge misconception between ayab and haram so haram is religiously prohibited while ayab is culturally inappropriate and I feel like in the society that we live in a lot of people mix them up where ayab which is what's culturally inappropriate is not religious or like not prohibited and then vice versa and I feel like there is like a huge point that a lot of people focus on because really it all it all like depends it all like it's all based on the person what they do and what they think but every person is going to tell you something different and at the same time every person is going to judge you differently and I feel like people right now we all focus on our culture and then like how Omar said it's the religion that doesn't change while our culture and our values and our opinions always change so that is also just one misconception that I really wanted to cover um, the difference between them any you know non, non-Muslim or non-Arab who doesn't know what that is there's a huge difference between that and then there's also a huge difference between whether a person believes in it or not. So you're saying that's a misconception within the Muslim community or inside and outside the Muslim community? Um, I would say inside inside the Muslim community more because they know about it more, while um, outside the Muslim community they do not know about it, so they kind of think it's the same mm-hmm. or it's not that important. Well, that's a really good segue because you had mentioned you know cultural appropriateness versus religion and so on. I know all of you are talking about your your faith and how that affects your life and so on but I'm sure that you are also um, in tune with your heritage your heritage of your parents grandparents your ancestors and the countries that they came from and some of you have mentioned that you've lived overseas or um, visited overseas and so can you tell me a little bit about how you balance maybe your appreciation for traditions and culture that were passed on to you and balance that you know with your faith as well um tell us a little bit about that one thing i can definitely throw out is the fact that um you know first of all my religion doesn't tell me i can't have culture you know there there is culture at the end of the day you know as long as you're within the borders or in the boundaries i should say of what's permissible you know like you know i still you know partake in you know separate weddings i still partake you know in our traditional you know outfits that we have like i have a few arabic outfits you know from like you know my grandfather i have a few hats from my you know my father um, you know, we still have like, you know, that same greeting and that one forbidden, you know, uh, living room and like you drink tea and like you learn different. Like these are all just my new aspects. Let of me it. jump in there. The forbidden living room is like the <laughs> living room with like the fancy couches and the, 
you know, the, the, yeah. it's been vacuumed and nobody can mess twice it up. Twice a day. Right, twice a day. <laughs> yeah. so, it's sorry. only for guests. Just oh, when your mom gives you a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one. And it's probably not just an Arab culture, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that. No, but yeah, so I still partake in everything that, you know, my, my family throws at me or we offer, or they offer, you know, and I still love to learn. I still love to hear the stories about what happened in Palestine and what happened to my grandparents, where they went, where they ran, what they heard, what they seen. And, you know, hopefully carry on this tradition for my kids too. But at the same time, if my culture breaks the boundaries of what's against my religion, I wouldn't go past that. And I've, I've rarely ran into that. You know, my parents, you know, alhamdulillah, thanks to God that they're righteous and they balance everything together. Along with that, I guess, I being a Yemeni, I take very, I have, I'm very prideful being very uh, Yemeni, especially, um, I'm really, I like uh, the history of Yemen, the culture, and although it's like conservative, it's, it's mainly conservative because they want to keep the culture and the history intact. They kind of want to like live in a traditional sense, I guess. But uh, it's very, um, Yemeni culture is very unique and Yemenis are actually the original Arabs, which uh, is very uh, interesting and I take a great pride in. <laughs> but um, uh, being a Yemeni really like, the majority of Yemenis are uh, Muslim, but just uh, knowing the, the journey of the Prophet and his the Sahaba, which were the companions of the Prophet, it really just uh, how Yemen uh, was in how Yemen how the Yemenis uh, were, uh, went into Islam very quickly and how uh, Islam was how Islam was brought into the Yemen is very interesting and <laughs> it's just very interesting. Being Muslim, like being a practicing Muslim in Palestine, wasn't really like it was kind of a weird thing and wearing hijab, just going to the masjid or any of this, this was kind of weird. Religion is kind of new to my family. Um, no, I have family that live there, and then I've been there. So it's we're like seen as like the most religious since we're like my mom is like the one that really started the whole religion trend. She's the one, first one that really put on the hijab in the family. It's just we kind of had to learn deen on our own. Religion didn't really kick in into Palestine until after the war. It became more of a thing. But yeah, so it's our deen plays like a really big impact on our religion because sometimes when we go back and like people see us they question our religion or like they're like 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 it's kind of like what um, Rama was saying about like ayab or um, like haram people like mix things up a lot so yeah so like to be honest like from my perspective the Muslims that live here in the US I feel like they have a blessing like because I feel the Muslims that fear he like that live here like are more religious and like actually care about the religion more than the people that live in the Arab, in the Arab, com in the Arab nation, and like I feel like they actually like care about each other, and like actually like want them to be like better people, unless like it was different from my like, from how the way how like the way how I was raised, and like Arab and like Ar in the like the Arab community, because like I lived in like multiple Arab Arabs Arab countries, and like most of them weren't people were Muslims, but like they weren't actually religious. And my family was religious, so it was hard because, like, sometimes I would find myself praying, like, all of my classes, like, Muslims. But, like, I would be the only one, like, praying the actual Salah on the time. So, yeah, I feel like that's a blessing here to the Muslims that live in America. I don't think I mentioned that I'm Palestinian, but I, I was, like, born and raised here. And um, I was born and raised with the Deen. So... It was actually kind of weird. Like, the dean helped me understand that I was, like, Palestinian. Because I, I don't know, I went to, like, Sunday school, and they would, like, talk about, like, them being Palestinian. And I didn't know at a young age. I didn't know. I thought I was, like, 
I don't know. I just knew it. I was not American. That's all I knew. I didn't know that I was Arabi. Like, I was introduced to that identity yet, in a sense. Like, I knew that my mom was Muslim. I would, she would, like, come to school in her hijab and, like, the abaya and, like, help cut out, like, shapes for the preschool class. But I, I didn't, I never understood what I actually was. I just knew I was, like, Arab and, and Muslim. So it gave me, like, Islam, in a sense, gave me that door because of, like, how much... It led me to that door of understanding, like, I am Palestinian. And um, it made me, what do you call it? It, like, made me see the differences between Islam and culture because people would do things like Palestinian, like, traditional culture things. Like, again, going back to the Ayyub and Haram, like, they would do Ayyub things. But, I like, I, w- I didn't know they were Ayyub. And I, I never, like, said, oh, that was Haram because, you know, you don't, you don't know. It's not Haram. It's just Ayyub. You know, you don't know. I didn't have a sense of that. I didn't understand what was Ayyub and what was not. So, like, being Muslim made me understand, like, oh, this is Ayyub and this is Haram. And, like, understanding, like, just because it's, like, air quotes, like, Ayyub doesn't mean it's, like, Haram. So, yeah. So, I am also Palestinian, and I lived overseas for nine years. Um, I was born here, however, I lived there almost most of my life around people who all shared the same religion and same culture as me, um, as me. So I just felt like it was easier for me to get closer to my culture, obviously, because I was around people who shared the same culture and religion as me. Um, after living there for nine years straight, I came to the States five years ago for the first time. It was my second time. And when I came here, I kind of agree with what Omar said, you know, People are not as religious as you might think they are. And of course, their, pe- their people are. You know, my, my personal experience, I went to a big high school where I just felt like the Muslims or Arabs who were there did not really follow the, tr- the right um, religious path. And I felt like to me and my family and... I just felt like that b- brought me closer into my religion because you just see all the bad stuff that are happening in our religion and our culture and there all the corruption that I just feel like that made me closer into my culture and my religion and I remember my mom and my dad always telling me you know do not get close from those people you know just always you know in the beginning you know when I first came my parents were very strict because they know I guess like they know how people who have lived here um, Muslims or Arabs who have lived there most of their lives I would definitely say they um act and say stuff that are different from people who lived overseas most of their life and I was that person who I guess was like a fab which means fresh off the boat when I came from overseas and I wasn't aware of all of that but as you live here and you meet all kinds of people you kind of learn to appreciate not just your culture but your religion and you, you learn to appreciate like how your parents raised you and taught you because everyone just thinks differently and every parent or every person you know even if they were raised the right way they choose not they choose to not follow their traditional or religious path and that's just kind of something I wanted to focus on um, you know people who are born overseas or lived overseas for most of their life are just um, you know I feel like they're you know not necessarily um, they would think the same as people who have lived here because everyone just has their own kind of views and because everyone was raised around different people um, I have a question how big was like the culture shock from here um, like in Palestine, like how different was it? Um, like on a scale from one to ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say like a six out of ten, maybe. Yeah. Well, we also moved somewhere where there's a large concentration of Palestinians. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Um, we have a few more minutes, and as we wrap up, you know, we've been focusing on how 
faith plays a role in your everyday life. We talked a little bit about culture, but we're here, you know, living in America. We're on the southwest side of Chicago in the suburbs at Moraine Valley Community College. And I mean, every day we do wake up and we live in this country. And, you know, despite what's going on politically or economically, you know, you're here and it seems like most of you guys are probably here to stay. I don't know if you plan on moving overseas or living abroad in the future. You can comment on that. Um, but, you know, Omar brought up a really good point about how moving from Egypt, you know, he feels like it's a blessing here and how Muslims are living their life. And, you know, can you guys talk a little bit maybe in clo closing thoughts about, you know, being Muslim in America and and just also the privilege of, of living here and having the opportunity to um, pray, go to your mosque whenever you feel like it. I mean, despite the hardships that Muslims might face. Um, what are your some of your thoughts on that? Um, the biggest privilege that I feel like uh, I had living here was not that they don't do it in the Arab countries, but like for my family, for example, like not a lot of the women get the education that they want in a sense. I mean, they are educated, but they don't go past a certain stage. So being like American and having that value of education and it's not a bad thing I mean everyone va values their own thing in their own culture so like I mean, uh, I mean I feel like American culture we really value like being educated so being here gave me that opportunity to like go out and seek what I want to seek in life and um, my faith just gave me that boost yeah because I knew like with Allah on my side like I don't have to worry about the stereotypes or the misconceptions or like the racism or anything like I could go forth with my dream and my goals without having to worry about like all the negativity out there because just of the basic connection with Allah and how strong it is and um you were saying like about how like getting like getting to know that other side of you like getting to know the more Palestinian side of me like I hope one day I get to go out and see Palestine for myself because I've never been there my you whole life. You would love it. Yeah. I, I, I get like so envious. I, not envious, but I get like emotional for Palestinians that live there and they tell me about their stories and like I just I want to feel that for myself because it, it'd be awesome to like finally be a part of the majority since I feel like Muslims in America we are like kind of the minority in a sense. So um, yeah. So hopefully one day I get to, I, I'll get to do that. I'd say the the biggest blessing we have here as Muslim Americans is like the opportunity for an education, like you said, uh, Dunya. Uh, like when I went to Yemen, I saw like a lot of people that were they wanted to go to school so bad but couldn't. I met kids that would sell like fruits on the side of like a school and like would look at the kids like going to school, but they wouldn't be able because they had to a responsibility to provide provide for their family. And when you see people like that wanting to go to school so bad, but aren't able to due to their situation it really is it's really sad but we're alhamdulillah we were blessed to be here in america we have the opportunity of education we have freedom of religion we have so many opportunities that i definitely am taking advantage of 
Um, going um, based off what Hassan said, I would definitely say yes, education is definitely a, a huge privilege. I came to the States mainly here to mainly for a better education, and I made sure I used every opportunity I get, like scholarship, applying to scholarships and financial aid, which is really, truly a blessing because, you know, that is not always available in whatever country you live in overseas. Um other, another privilege I would say we have is, you know, just being around people who share the same religion and culture as you. So just like how we are in how we are right now, you know, just all Muslims being around each other is definitely a huge privilege. I would say just living in a state that has a huge Muslim population is just amazing. It's different when you live in a state where you're just only Muslim. You know, I went to Savannah, Georgia, where my cousins live and they were pretty much they're the only two Arab families who live there. And that is just very hard um, you know, considering the fact that I live in a huge Muslim state, that is also a huge privilege that I feel is amazing. When I came to the States, um, most of the people who helped me in school and outside of school were Muslim and Arab. Um, I feel like that privilege is just the fact that we all just love helping each other out. And like how Dunya said, we are the minority, so we try our best to help each other out. Actually, you really hit some amazing points about educating. Um, one thing I would push for others is just to learn about Muslims in general, to learn about what is a Muslim, you know, meet a Muslim, talk to them, you know, learn about them. I feel like we have this stigma, unfortunately, as from the news and from growing up, you know, you can't blame from something being repeated over and over to you. So let's break that stigma. Let's, you know, try to change that. Go out, meet people, educate yourselves. Like someone said here, knowledge is essentially what's going to lead you to be more successful. You're more open-minded. You have more sense of diversity. You have more sense of, you have a better sense of understanding culture between religion you just become knowledgeable overall so you know how to deal with people you know how to communicate with people your whole lifestyle will change so i just recommend going and educate like i've educated myself about christians about uh, jews hindus like i love re learning different religions and i love learning like about the japanese culture the irish culture like it's really really interesting going out and learning will definitely elevate you to a whole new world actually like the the point that omar farhan made was like a really important point because i feel like some people or like most of the people that like the that just like hear stories or like see news reports on the media just like base like base their opinions about you just because just from their just from this story but they don't actually like experience it like in hand they don't experience it in hand i feel like it's important like before actually like you make an opinion about someone talk with them and like see their point maybe you have a wrong point about them maybe like uh, they have like a they have like a like um a reason a reason why like they're doing this so the the Omar, the, the point that Omar farhan made is like really good that's awesome guys thank you so much for your contributions i want to give this group a lot of credit today for being so open honest and transparent about their everyday life about how they live their lives their routines being muslims in america they're all dynamic students at marine valley community college leaders and the Arab Student Union and the Muslim Student Association. They have such bright, bright futures ahead of them. And I'm really proud that I've had this opportunity and honor to talk with you all today. And so check out this podcast, put it on replay, rewind, listen to it over and over again. Let's give it um, some shares and get it out there so people can learn more about being young and Muslim in America. Thank you. Signing off from Marine Valley Community College. Take care, everyone.